Hey guys, this is a part one and two, and uh, man, it there's only a few, a handful that I say are top-notch episodes, ones that are life-changing. I mean, well, let me put it this way. I love all of our discussions and conversations that we've done over a hundred plus episodes on the art of self-change, but there are a specific few that I know if people grasp what we are talking about. It is life-changing, and these next two episodes are. So enjoy, take notes, take at least two action steps when you get done. Uh, Do a self-evaluation on where you might be uh, on the topic that we discuss. If you do those things, I guarantee it's going to be something that is going to help you in achieving your dreams and your goals. Okay, it is 2024. January 5th, Coach. Good to see you in this new year. Good to see you. Good to see you. (laughs) Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'll introduce myself. We're going to dive into this topic I'm really passionate about. So excited. Dr. Greg McNeil, business owner, um, fitness and funny guy, doctoral candidate, and um, servant to humanity. Right? Mm -hmm. That's who I am. 2024. All right. My name is Sherry. All right, let's dive in. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I am a social media manager, business consultant, true crime podcaster, coach. Like I said, my neck deep into some true crime uh, right now, getting ready for that uh, recording. And I would say a servant as well. I'm about to serve in greater ways I see coming in 2024. It's kind of like, you know how you see... Um, Things and circumstances kind of coming together, creating that pathway. That's yeah, yep, that's for sure. Uh, where I'm at, things I did not expect, which is a mm-hmm. great segue into our topic. Um, yeah. So I want to start off before I get coach in on giving the context and then giving a quick piece of science. So the first thing is people need to understand how their brain functions. The brain becomes focused on what you tell it to focus on. Now, for people that are, you know, ADHD, they can be like, well, I would beg to differ. But if you think back to anything you really wanted, you'll notice that your brain will begin to see it everywhere. So I've talked about this example of when... I wanted to get a Kia Soul. I finally decided that was the car I wanted. I'd never bought a new car. The first new car I had was when I was 40. I was still reluctant to, you know, have that payment, but it was 0% interest. I was reluctant to buy a brand new car because of depreciation. However, I've never regretted that. It was a great investment. And when I made the decision before I even had the Kia, I saw it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Before now everywhere. So that's the first thing I want people to keep in mind as we talk, that whatever you desire, that's where your brain's going to go. So that's a key. And the second thing is the context of our discussion. So um, I was listening to a guy, his name is Tomi Arayomi. He's from Nigeria. And he's a Christian preacher, Christian, Christian. Um, I don't think he's a pastor. I would say more probably apostolic or prophetic in nature. And um, I love him. He, he is an alpha, which I 
like that because I can relate to alphas better than not. And he just tells it like it is. So you don't have to try to guess anything. And he taught, it's on YouTube where I watch it, one of the best teachings I've ever heard. And Mm -hmm. the context was this. You have to be aware of being dream obsessed. So the example he gave is uh, the biblical idea of Joseph. And he said, when you find people that are obsessed with fulfilling their dreams, they can tend to become narcissistic. So I just want to say a disclaimer that I'm definitely dream focused, but not at the expense of what he was describing, which I'll get into. So he gave the story of Joseph and he said, Joseph had two dreams in both dreams. He was in a rule or dominion type role. Well, after the two dreams, he ends up being, well, his brothers wanted to kill him. You know, one with better reasoning said, no, let's just sell him. So they sold him as a slave. He then is a slave in Potiphar's house. He does such a good job that Potiphar trusts him explicitly. He doesn't even ask for an accounting of his finances. He's like, this dude is the bomb. And he makes his uh, household great money. Well, then his wife, you know, she needed to, I don't know, calm herself down. Um, But she begins to chase Joseph. Joseph is not interested in any relationship with her. (laughs) Gross. Oh, oh, sorry. Would you kind of go back a little bit? You, so, you a little bit. So Joseph, you know, he's working in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife is a nympho. She obviously has a problem. I don't know if you could clinically diagnose her issue. I just know, Coach, that she's pursuing this young man. He's not interested. So she falsely That's accuses it. him of rape. He ends up in prison. While in, oh. while in prison, uh, the chief baker and the chief butler have dreams. Joseph, even you know, he's now in control of the prison. I mean, everywhere this guy went, he ruled. And a lot of people don't know this. For those of you of the Christian faith that listen, the coat of many colors that his dad gave him was actually a coat that only kings wore. So his dad recognized the ruler that was in his son, and but he he didn't realize obviously the extent of it. I mean, who would have thunk it, right? So he's in prison. He interprets the two dreams. The chief butler lives. He's restored into service. The chief baker uh, is executed. Two years go by and he's forgotten. And then suddenly the Pharaoh, which is obviously the ruler of the superpower of that time, Egypt, has a dream. No one can interpret it. And all of a sudden the chief butler is like, oh yeah, I forgot. I meant to mention Joseph two years ago. And he tells him the story of him interpreting the dreams. And then In minutes, you've got an ex-convict standing before the superpower ruler, and he is interpreting his dream, and then he gives him the wisdom to solve problems. So the idea was this, that if Joseph had been dream-obsessed, he would have become narcissistic in nature, and he would not have been the servant that he chose to do because servanthood is a choice. He could have become bitter. He could have become an angry individual, but instead he met the demands. So when he was ruling Potiphar's house, he met the demands and he became dominant there and he used his gifting. Then when he was in prison, he 
used his uh, gifts and skill sets. He was very wise, and he became the ruler of the prison. He was like the prisoner that was in charge of the prisoners. And then when he is finally at that place where his dreams are going to be fulfilled, he uses his skill set. And by the way, when he was in prison and he interpreted those dreams, you know, we sterilize these stories. He was a real human. Can you imagine you've been falsely accused, you're in prison, and he he ministered to two people out of pain. And that's a law. If, if you minister and serve others from a place of pain, you're fulfilling a law that guarantees fulfillment of what you're going after. And so as he met the demands and as he solved the problems, those are the things that actually got him to fulfillment and that if he wouldn't have met the demands, he would not have fulfilled his dreams. So that's that's the, the, the supposition. That's the story. So I wanted to dive into that, Coach, and extract some principles, get your initial thoughts so that we can help people, number one, recognize if they have been dream-obsessed where they're narcissistic and missing opportunities, or encourage people to keep meeting the daily demands. So... Where do I begin first? Like, what do we do when a dream comes to us? Yeah, you know, like, I like that. You know, so um, so let's just start with, let's say, like a, a perspective, because some some communities are really, they honor dream time, mm-hmm. right? They honor dream time. And some people, it's like, oh, I just had this dream, right? Yeah. So this is the perspective. We are people who were born to activity, right? We weren't just, we weren't just, we're not just here. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like, we're born to action. We're born to accomplishment. There, there, we all have something that we're here to do. So then the dream, right? The dream that comes to you. One of the things that I like to say to people is like, what do you think that means for you? What do you think that's asking, right? Yeah. What do you think your dream wants you to do? You know, and how does your dream relate to the to your global life process, right? Because yeah. it does. Now, it's true. Some things that may come into your mind, it's like, I'm not really sure what that's all about. That's okay. Wait, because chances are it'll reveal itself at another time. Yeah. Now, if you accept the idea, so now the reader is not able to see me do this, but what I'm doing right now is I'm putting my hand together like I'm making a circle, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in that circle is everything that I know. Yeah. Everything that I think that I know, mm-hmm. right? But everything that is outside of that circle are things that I do not know. Right. Which Mm -hmm. means then if we're talking about the dream in this case, so something is coming, coming to your information is coming to the circle that you don't know. And so what you have to do then is you have to recognize, hey, look, what do I need to learn from this? Yeah. Right. So my perspective is when thought comes to you, it comes to you because it's a learning opportunity. Consciousness determines what you do with it, 
right? Yes. So what we're saying is to the person who has a tendency to be self-aware, right? Yeah. Because not everybody gets it. It's unfortunate, but it's not everybody can can get that fruit, right? So, but to the person who has a tendency to be self-aware, it's like, this is who I am. This is what I want to do in this life. I, you know, then when those things come to you, it's like, what do you need to do right now? Yeah. What is it telling you about your life and where you want to go? So you might be a business person. That's fine. But your business is not successful just by yourself. Yeah. Your business, like everything else in life, is involved in an interconnected relationship. So if you look then, if you go back to this idea of self-awareness, then you know it can't all be about you. So if you're the person that just has this dream, it's like, I want to do this, I want to do this, right? Okay, now you're talking about that person in that narcissistic stream. It's all about me. It's all about me. This is what I want to do. And then they pursue that path. And then they find out that something is not actually working for them. Yeah. Right? Something is off. The relationships, the ability to finalize or go forward, something in something between the dream and the manifestation is broken. Yeah. I'm saying it's broken because you haven't really connected that what you want to pursue in your dream is not all about you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're saying, right? So you have to understand that whatever it is that a dream brings to you, it's not always for yourself only. It may bring something to you to help with your healing, but even if it's helping with you with your healing, that healing takes place in a relationship that involves other beings. Yeah. If that makes sense, right? So the first thing is, it's like knowing yourself, um, having an idea that when a dream comes to you, that it's going to bring you something that you may not be aware of, right? Yeah. Or that you may not have been paying attention to. And it's not coming to you with an answer just like that either, right? Like yeah. you just said Joseph's story. Sometimes you have to wait and watch and live and let things kind of like come to you because you may not be in that mindset at that moment to actualize everything that you think you see in that dream. It's really a process of growth and development. So when you use the story of Joseph, Joseph is, he has this gift and then the next thing you know, he's in prison, right? Yeah. And then, and then it, he's enslaved, excuse me. And then he does some things in the prison when he's, um, wait a minute, I think I got that. Yeah, so enslaved with Potiphar and then prison. That's right. Okay, so by the time he figures out what's going on, he's had the opportunity to mature in that space. Mm -hmm. So what we see is that the dream may have come to you at this point, but there is a living process that occurs before it's manifested at this point. Yeah. Now, you and I have kind of talked about this in many different iterations that sometimes the dream that you have implanted in your mind that you want to work toward that we call a desire, it may take years to bring that to fruition. Yeah. Right. And one of the reasons is, is because it's a growth and development stage right? You have to be able to know something about yourself in that process. And that's what we talk about. You know, like we've had to grow to be in this process. If you're not thinking about growth, 
then that can be shared with others. Because let's let me just say this: sharing with others and being of service does not mean that you have to be that you have to deny yourself the benefits and the blessings. We are not saying that at all. We're just saying that it's not all about you. It doesn't mean that you can't be blessed, but it's not all about you. You live on the planet with other people. You live on the planet with other beings and all of this type of thing. It's not about you, right? Yeah. Your trees and your grass make it possible for you to live on the planet. So that's how interconnected that we are. The person that doesn't understand that then is going to struggle. Yeah. Right. And those are generally the people that we are end up helping because we're helping them to see blind spots, right? Areas where they may be so focused in this area, but they don't see how they're really connected to something much larger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know. So I want to yeah. kind of probably give an example through story of what Coach is talking about so people understand. So we are all about desire. And we're all about going after what you know you were put on the planet to do or things that are like eight to 10, you know, those are the things you want to do. So all about that. What we're saying is hang loosely onto the end, meaning you know that's where you're going, but don't get impatient and so obsessed with the end that you miss everything from the start to the end, because those things that you will now go on, even what seem like seemingly boring and insignificant events can actually be what gets you closer and closer. So basically, we could sum it up by saying, live life well, wherever you're at, be servant minded, and you will you will fulfill your dream a lot quicker than if you're so obsessed with it that you don't live life well, your relationships suffer, et cetera, because you have to have the people to get there. So one of the things that I use as an example, and I mean, if you look at it, it's very true. And by the way, know that some of the people that aggravate you to no end are some of those very people that will get you there. Because if you look at, if Joseph would have remained comfortable where he was, he would have never ended up in Egypt, ever. And, you know, so even betrayal, uh, exploit your suffering, exploit your pain, because even those things will get you where you're wanting to go if you're smart about it. Right. And so um, when I uh, first formed my business model in 2016, uh, it's a business model that I still have as much faith that it it is succeeding as the day I got it. And it was actually in a prayer time. So it was a very powerful time for me. And so I, I got my business model in like a few minutes and wrote it down, had the name, everything. And then uh, I worked toward launching it. So that was, we talked about a lot, the middle earth work. That's when I was holed up in my house, developing getting things in place, getting the knowledge and skill that I needed. And then I launched it in 2017. And uh, at the same time, I was asked to teach a class uh, for Leadership Clovis on personalities. And, you know, so these are leaders that are going to be around different personalities, need to know how to interact with these different personalities. And I was like, sure. And so in the class, 
I was discussing the D personality, what they look for. And one of the students is actually a D who owned a business. And I knew him. I knew him from high school, but I also knew about his business, had a recent experience with them that was great. I didn't realize I was intuitively meeting every need his personality had. So what happened is after the training, he said, hey, I'd like to hire you to train my staff. Now, here's where dream obsessed and opportunity obsessed demand focus came in. If I would have been dream obsessed, I would have said, no, that doesn't fit my business model. My business model is not in-person training. But I've learned to recognize opportunity when it comes up. I call them curveballs. So I said, absolutely. Now, did I know how and, you know, what is going to know? But I did know I know personalities. So long story short, that kicked off a business that I didn't even see possessing. It led to other things, but I'm still working toward my original business model. So that's what we're talking about is that as you work toward your dream, it's like you're going on a walk, you've got to notice those landmarks that stand out to you as, wow, that might be an opportunity actually. And 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 because you're open to meeting the demands of people as they come to you and solving problems, you're actually building that dream and then suddenly you'll step into it. So the other thing I want to say is coach always says you do not rise to opportunity. You rise to your level of preparation. Know that the things that you're encountering are part of the preparation. So did I sum up what you said, coach Greg? Yeah, I thought I thought that was really good. And I just wanted to, you know, for those that like a little data, you know, when it I use the word self-awareness, and I believe it was the heart, heart uh, excuse me, the Stanford um, Economic Business School, uh, Leadership School, and uh, uh, there were 75 of those uh, leaders, and uh, they, were, they were asked, what is the most um, important trait that you could have in your, day, you know, in your uh, today's leaders? And it was self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what you're talking about. It's like you got to be able to have that to to start to make sense of this information that we're talking about. So I thought what you said was fantastic. 